Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. I am David, not Video David. I don't know how much I like Video David, not very much, but we won't go into that now. Please keep your Bibles open um, in chapter 12 of Luke's Gospel. Uh, As I was reading these words and sort of sitting in them this week, familiar words to many of us, um, I realised how good I am now, after nearly 50 years, at worrying. Um, And I worry about all sorts of things. I worry about big picture things. I worry about, quite frankly, some ridiculous things in my life. And I worry about more personal things. So I worry about family and our children and my wife and their health and how they're doing at school. I worry about friends and some of the challenges they're facing. I worry about many of you and things that you're going through in your lives as the people of Greyfriars and New Hope. I worry about making videos for redevelopment where I have to run around in a silly hat and a silly jacket trying to communicate what the building actually looks like, even though it looks like a building site at the moment. I worry about our cat getting run over. Uh, This is a list, by the way. Uh, I worry about the control the press have over the narrative in our nation. I worry about the Church of England and the direction that it's going in and the church in our country. And when I have a moment when I'm not worrying about something, I worry that I'm not worrying, and I worry about what I should worry about because I have nothing to worry about. Am I alone? God knows you and me well. He created us. We looked at that at the beginning of this series in Genesis chapter 1. He knows the innermost parts of your heart's and your minds, your lives. And he knows that we worry. And this is why one of the most common refrains in Scripture is, do not be afraid, do not worry. Because God knows us. He's not like a mean head teacher who's telling us off, saying, do not worry. He loves you. He understands you, probably better than we understand ourselves. And he knows that you worry. And this is why Jesus spoke these words. And so I want to encourage you as we look at them this morning, don't hear them as a rebuke. Hear them as an invitation from a loving father to trust him. That is what they are. And that's what I want to talk about briefly this morning. So let's pray as we look at these words together. Father, we come before you this morning and we firstly admit that we do worry about many things. And Lord, as we look at these words, help us to grow in our trust of you Show us those areas of our lives where you are longing for deeper faith as we surrender our worries and concerns to you today. 
In the name of Jesus, amen. These words are very well known, these words of Jesus, and you have probably heard dozens, if not hundreds of sermons on this passage and will have read them many, many times. And yet I would still want to ask you, do you still worry? A few nods. Please help me realise I'm not the odd one out here. Feeling quite vulnerable standing here. We do worry. And Jesus, as he's speaking these words to his disciples, we have to remember has asked them to leave everything. They've left their homes and their families, their livelihoods, their priorities and their comfort. And Jesus knows that they will be worried. The disciples will be worried about who is this man, Jesus? Who is he really, the one they're following? Where are they going to sleep tonight? They, they didn't have a home. They moved from place to place. They didn't have food as such. What, what were they going to eat? Where were they going to find something to drink? And so Jesus knows exactly what you are worried about in your lives. Your health, your finances, your family, your friends, maybe even your ability to cope. God knows. God sees everything that is going on in your life and he knows that you worry. And as we look at these words in verses 22 to verse 34, we need to have a look at them in the context of what has come before. So have a look at um, verse 13 to 21 in chapter 12. Jesus has been giving this story about a rich young man. And he says in those words that you can see in front of you, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Well, we could stop right there, couldn't we? Because we have got this one wrong in the West. All of us. There are more people going into the Oracle shopping centre today than there are walking into churches around this town. We are obsessed by filling our lives and our homes with possessions. But if Jesus is saying it's not about an abundance of possessions, what is he asking us? And it seems that what he's looking for is an abundance of trust in God. These words of Jesus get right to the heart, the center of what it means to, to live, to be human, to be sons and daughters of the living God. And Jesus says, do not worry about your life, about what you eat, your health, your possessions. He points to creation and says, look at the birds. And in Luke's gospel, he points to the ravens. Now, in Jewish teaching, the ravens were the lowest of the low. He points also to the flowers in the field. And Jesus is saying, if God provides for these ravens who are right down here, and think of the words of Genesis that we looked at a few weeks ago as we began this series, how much more is God going to care for and provide for you? Sons and daughters of the living God created in the very image of God. Who of you, says Jesus, by worrying can add a single hour to your life? In other words, although worry is a, a natural response, 
that we all have, it's totally useless. I think of all the things that I've worried about in my life. Not once has worry changed any single situation I have faced. Not once. Worry has a 100% failure rate. That's as high as you can get. So why do we worry? Have a look at verse 28 of the passage. Jesus says, you of little faith. The problem of the human heart, and I see this more and more as a pastor, and I see it in my own life as a human being, is, is fear. And the more we fear, the more we try and control things around us. We want to take hold of situations and people and challenges and difficulties, try and control them so that we feel that we have some influence over those areas of fear in our lives. And worry is one of those areas in which we're exercising or trying to exercise some control. And the challenge from Jesus here is, do we trust God or do we trust our own ability? Who is our provider? Is it God or is it us? I want you to think for a minute. Uh, I'm not feeling entirely well, so I'm going to have a drink of water. And while I do this, I want you to think for a minute about your life. And I want you to search your own heart and soul. And ask yourself, how much do you really trust in God's provision day to day? Compared to how much do you trust your own ability to get through life? These are challenging words from Jesus. They're simple words to understand. But I realize more and more as I go on in the Christian life, the complexity is not intellectually trying to understand what Jesus is saying. It is trying to walk this out. And the challenge for you and me, to put it very bluntly, is most of us live very comfortable lives. We go to work, we go to school, we come home, there's some food on the table, there's clothes in the wardrobe, there's healthcare down the road at the doctor's or at the hospital. We're comfortable. We're desperately anxious and worried, but we're comfortable. I think that could be the banner over our nation. We are desperately anxious and worried but we are materially comfortable. I travelled to Tanzania a, a number of times before I was a vicar, 
uh, on mission trips and loved it. And I'm aware that the, some of the youth are going to go to Tanzania this summer. Come on, youth, let's have a whoop. <laughs> Come on, adults, let's give the youth a whoop. <laughs> We're excited for you going to Tanzania. It is an amazing country. I mean, it is so beautiful. Never mind the beauty of what God has created and the wonder of the place. The people are stunning. They're warm welcome. But, you know, when I went, and I went quite a few times over a number of years, the thing that really struck me was faith. Their faith. The faith in the lives of the people, their deep wells of faith in the individuals that I met. A faith that leads them to look to God for everything in their lives, for their water, their food, for their shelter, for their clothes, for their health. They are clinging on to God, many of them, in faith, in prayer, day by day, seeking God and Guess what? When you have faith that looks like this, God responds. God hears their cry. God answers their prayers. And their faith is unshakable. And this is in part why the church is growing in parts of Africa and Asia and South America. It's this little thing called faith. A faith that means you put your whole life on the line and say, I trust God completely, his provision and his generosity in my life. And Jesus is challenging you and me here through these words to trust him, to let go of our own dependence upon ourselves and our comfort and our money and our possessions and our houses, our bank accounts and our social media accounts and everything else in our lives, and to trust him. God created you. God loves you. Last week we looked at those words from John 3.16. God gave his one and only son, Jesus, for you. For humanity. He died for you. To save you. And he's asking us to put our trust in him. More trust. More faith. Greater levels of expectation and expectation of what he will provide to come to him like little children Jesus says seek God's kingdom and all these things that God knows you need will be given to you I often think imagine if I prayed for the time that I spent in my life worrying. Imagine if we stopped worrying now, and every time a little seed of thought came into our hearts and minds, and we said, I'm not going to worry, instead I'm going to pray. Imagine how different your life would look. Imagine how different the church would look. Imagine how different the kingdom of God would look. Jesus says, do not be afraid, little flock, in verse 32. Now, I am no expert on sheep. Um, that won't surprise many of you. But um, what I do know is, for those few times when I've walked among sheep in a field, they're scared, aren't they? 
If you walk up towards them, they're terrified and they, they run off. And without a shepherd, they get themselves into trouble. They fall into ditches. They get stuck in hedges. They, they struggle to find food and shelter. The job of the shepherd is to lead them into safety, to provide for them, to care for them, and to protect them. You know these words well. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. The Lord is your shepherd. You lack nothing. And the Lord makes you lie down in green pastures and he leads you beside quiet waters. He refreshes your soul. If Jesus' diagnosis of the problem of the human heart is fear and worry, then the solution is trust and generosity. As we look to the generosity of our God who has done more than we can imagine or conceive for each one of us in the ways that he's provided for us and given generously to us. Jesus says, don't store up possessions on earth but give to the poor. Store up treasure in heaven. This is the kingdom way. And that's why as you give generously to church, we give to those in need around Reading, those who are struggling to eat, those who have nowhere to live, those who are asylum seekers and refugees. Our response is trust in God and an outpouring of generosity to those who need we let go of control and we say, Lord, your will be done. That's what we've just prayed together. Your will be done. For all those areas of your life and my life where we are worrying and fretting, where there are challenges and difficulties, where we can't see the way through and it just looks intractable. The Lord is your shepherd. Trust him. He's sovereign over your life. He's sovereign over this church and every church on this planet. Exercise your faith and trust him. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that now in prayer. Just in a moment of stillness. In your hearts and minds, bring before God your worries and your anxieties. And in your mind, put them at the foot of the cross. And choose to trust your shepherd, your heavenly father.
who longs for you to lie down in green pastures, to lead you beside quiet waters and to refresh your soul.